<laughs> Oop. Hello, and welcome to Motif. My name is Artie. Welcome to the show here on Austin Zach Zero Zero. Your podcast master is RJ Quillen and Zach Roberts. They are in the chair. They are ready to talk. They are sitting. They are ready to go. Fire away, boys. Thank you, Artie. He's in a great mood tonight. This is like the... He's like... He's in a great mood. I am turning 20 in... Uh, let's see... Uh, one, uh, two, two, two hours, hours and two, two minutes. minutes. Yeah, math. And, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, I'm gonna go through a midlife crisis. Uh, I kinda already did while I was driving today, because I've been alive for two decades, and the last sec- the last, like, few hours of that, while I was, like, 19 and a reckless spirit, bro, like a teenager, I, uh, you know, was delivering pizzas. And the other weird thing- For Pizza Hut. Yeah. And the other weird thing is that- I'm going to now have a two in front of my age. I just thought I of this. I didn't even think about that. That's I weird. just thought of this. Like, think we're, about we're it. We're twenty somethings. Yeah, like we're we're twenty year olds, and what have we done with our lives? Nothing. Well, at least you're like college educated. Not really. Well, not yet. But you are. You have three years of college under your belt. Four technically, because you're graduating this year. Yeah. Well, next year, right? Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Spring. But still, this school year. Whereas, I fucking dropped out of college. So, as of right now, my highest education is a high school fucking diploma. And, like, or on, like, some applications, it'll be, like, some college. Now, yes, I am going back to school in, like, five weeks. But still, it's kind of... I even said, when I turned 19, I was like, Yeah, I might be spending my 19th birthday in Springfield, but I'll be spending my 20th in New York. I'm not. Did you say that? Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, I know. Because I thought I would be living in New York by then. But I, I mean, I, I will, will be, like, be like, five weeks yeah, after five, my birthday. Yeah. But I, the only, is it, it's sad to me that the only birthday that I've had, like, I have had every single birthday in Springfield, Ohio, except for my 18th birthday. And that was in Chicago. That's weird. Yeah. You were in Chicago for your 18th birthday? Yeah. And I spent it with horrible friends. Of course, I thought they were good friends at the time. They made me a birthday dinner. And it was like macaroni. No, it was like actually like uh, like chicken and pasta like mixed together. I don't know what it was, but it was fucking delicious. And Are you just saying that because like you're trying to be nice. No, it was really good. Like it was genuinely really good. I have nothing to be nice to these people for. Oh, you're right. About yeah, like so. No, I'm not doing I it for like pleasantries. They might have been listening. Like, it was I hope, really good, I, Mark. No, I hope they are. Zach Felcher, if you're listening, text me right <laughs> now and say I'm sorry. I was a piece of fucking shit and led you on, and then broke your heart and made you drop out of college and move back to Springfield and then write a musical about it and then be severely depressed for over a year and then move to New York. Did wow. you get all that? Because I can go back and fucking say it again. You fucking ugly, big eared. Probably tiny penis, giant forehead, ugly fucking nose ring boy. I fucking hate you. I hope you die in a fiery car accident. And I genuinely do. I want him dead. Yeah, I want him dead. I've gotten, I've gotten over it. You wouldn't tell, but like like, I've gotten over it. But like, I still think he was like a horrible, horrible person. But anyway, I spent my birthday with them. We they made dinner for me. We went to the Bean. My, from the first time. That's a bean. Yeah, well, it's like the mirror. You I know, know what I'm I mean, that's about. a thing. Yeah, it's Chicago. Like, yeah, it's like the mirrored 
bean. It's just a fucking bean. But it was cool. We had a good time. Like, I was having a good time. Like, it was a good day. Little did I know that, like, two months later, they would break my heart and be horrible people. But, so I'm spending my birthday this year with people who might turn out to be horrible people. Who knows? The t- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we, tomorrow, for my birthday, are going to the record store because we're horny for vinyls. And uh, we're going to go to the record store. My grandma made dinner for me. And then we're all hanging out. Nicholas, Brianna, Nicole, Reagan, RJ, and I are all hanging out. <laughs> and Ergy. And we're going to have a good time, I think. And uh, so maybe... Maybe I'm not spending my 20th birthday in New York City where I want to live for the rest of my life. And maybe I've been alive for two decades. And maybe I have a two in front of my name now. And maybe I spent the last years of the last hours of my teenage years delivering pizza and then recording a podcast. But that no one will listen to. Right. Nicholas, if you're listening now, so I'm just kidding. Text Ninja Turtles to 90210. Yes. And, uh, you know, so maybe all, maybe all that's not happening, but you know, tomorrow we're going to have a good day. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's going to be a good day because I'm calling off of work. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to go like, Matt, and then I didn't know his last name. If you're Matt listening, Kelly, if you're li- <laughs> yeah, Matt Kelly, if you're listening, we're calling off tomorrow. <laughs> and, and then we do nuts. Like, um, so yes, I, I, you know, I, I think I'll, you know, I'll technically be a twenty-something now. Like, you know, but I'm looking forward to it. Like, I think the next, you know. 10 years. The next 10 years, I think, are going to be very exciting for us. Don't say that to me, because I'll kill myself right now. That's weird. 10 years will be 40 years old. Yes. 20 years will be 40. And the amount of time that we've been alive now, we will be 40. We'll be like... I just imagine every 40-year-old man is a fat, bald man. I think every... For sure, by the time I'm 40, I'll have gone through a midlife crisis. Probably when I'm 25, because I expect to die by 50. I don't expect (laughs) to die by 50. That's the AIDS talking. I feel like... You know, it's it's weird to think. Think of it. Think of this right now. The average life expectancy is what seventy five to seventy eight. We're gonna now. we're gonna die in fifty years. Statistically. Yeah, statistically, we will be dead in about fifty years. That's terrifying to me. I know it's fifty years, but I want to be immortal. Who doesn't though? Yeah, I'd love to be immortal. I would love to be immortal, even if it means. Uh, downloading my brain on a chip. We've talked about this before. Have download we? my yeah, yeah. You download your brain on a chip, and then they put it in a robot. Yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I want. Yeah, that'd that's be what great. Happened in Chappie. Really? Yeah. I, I that's did. what that's what the like it is about. Oh, I didn't know kind that. Of. I you know I've always thought about cryogenic freezing, but then that's assuming that in the future the his the the science will be good enough to revive me. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it would happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, actually, probably not, because then, you know what I mean? Like, you die, and you're cryogenically frozen, and your soul goes to heaven, and then what? Your body's just... Yeah, bro, like, how do you explain that? Your body's just going to be reanimated, and your soul's going to get ripped out of heaven? Yeah. That's so stupid. It doesn't even make sense. That's like atheist talk. Nux. What's an atheist? Nux. Nux. (laughs) What does nux so hard? (laughs) Second segment. RJ has a dream he wants to share. I don't know if I want to share it. You want to share it. Again. You're sharing it. <laughs> For this is the first time any of us are hearing it. So share the fucking dream. <laughs> it's actually not. Share the dream! I can't... I'm, I'm about... Can you, like, tell the story for me? No! I can't tell stories. Yes, you can. You... You... 
you ha- you have. <laughs> I don't want to tell the story again. I've okay. never heard it, so I don't know why you keep saying again. <laughs> oh! Okay, so I'm at my house. Uh, in the dream. In the dream. I'm at my daddy's house. And my mom's there. She doesn't live with me because my parents are getting divorced. And how does that make you feel? I don't feel. <laughs> it's like, okay. Anyway, and so, uh, you know, I guess like, the dream was like haunted. And in the dream, I, get, I can elaborate this time. Yeah. In the dr- like, for was, the first time. Yeah, it was yeah for the first time. <laughs> I'm just gonna really elaborate. You know, it was like a haunted dream. Like the like my mom's like, RJ, I'm feeling things in this house. Didn't your mom think she was psychic? Like, isn't and that she, part of she her? Does, she yeah. Think she's psychic. Yeah. And she's like, I'm feeling things in this house. I was like, there's like actually ghosts. In this. Like it was like Scooby Doo ghosts. Like, I think, yeah. Well, I feel like your house is a little. I don't believe in ghosts, obviously, because atheism. But I feel like if there were ever a house that were haunted, it's yours. Not really. It's not. Even re- I'm a anyway. I'm a scared of your house, and like, I think that's the ghosts making the energy making me feel scared. Well, maybe ghost hunters. EVP exactly. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So like it was haunted, but I was like really excited because I was like, "This is fucking awesome. This is gonna be amazing." And then I was like, "But I got you a birthday present," and so like there's like fucking poltergeists in the house, like going crazy, like just there's like it feels like there's like a tornado and there's like wind going through the house. So my mom kicks me down the stairs. Jesus. And I'm just like, I just like land in a litter box that has a clear jelly dildo. <laughs> <laughs> ribbed. It was, ribbed? It was ribbed. Okay. For his or her pleasure. And it had litter on it, yeah, I it assume. Covered, it's like, covered in litter. Like covered in litter yeah. or just like had glitter on it? Litter. I, that's what I mean. It had like there but, was like litter on it. Like it was like stuck yeah. to it. Ew. And so like me seeing this dildo just really turned me on for some reason. Yeah. And I just shoved it straight into my mouth. <laughs> and I deep throated it, and I was really turned on. And at that point, I realized I was in a dream, but I kept going. But I don't. For what purpose? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I I genuinely do not understand. I, like why why you would suck off a dildo. I don't know. I was just really turned on in my dream. I was like, this is nice. Like, this is where I want to be in my life. <laughs> in a like, litter box sucking a well, dildo. I, I was, like, in the basement, and it was, like, safe in the basement. Because, like, yeah. upstairs, there was, like, ooh, like, right. Scooby-Doo projector ghost yeah. upstairs. Like, my mom's, like, dying. <laughs> <laughs> that made it seem like I wanted my mom to be dying. But, like, she's, like, she's like, fiend, like fighting the ghost yeah. with, like, a lightsaber. I don't know what she's doing. But, I, like, that's just where I wanted to be. That's kind of where everybody wants to be, you know? Yeah, just in a litter box. In a litter box. Sucking it, it, it was a big litter box. Uh, well, if you're... Yeah, like, for a human to get in, yeah. It would have to be a big yeah, litter box. There's just a... Yeah, dildo sticking out. It was pretty gay. That's... That's, like, the definition of homosexuality. Yeah. Well, that's a good dream. I don't... I don't <laughs> remember any of my dreams. I mean, I do remember them, but I don't... I, like, last night. I mean, I, I don't have any dreams that I can recollect upon. I started taking medication that makes you have weird dreams. Ah. Apparently. Abnormal dreams is a side effect. Well, so I I've don't... been sucking off dildos in my dreams <laughs> and loving it. I well... loved it. <laughs> well, I I actually... Okay, here's, here's an interesting thing. It's not a dream that I've had recently, but sometimes I have such vivid, like, horny sex dreams 
that like when I'm sucking someone off, I feel their penis in my mouth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I can yeah. feel it in my mouth to the point where I think I'm being raped when I sleep because like that's how much it feels like. Really? Yeah. Like mm. it feels like there is a penis in my mouth. Like, like I can feel the head like on the ridges of my like roof of my mouth. Like I feel like there are sometimes, not often, but sometimes I have such a vivid sex dream that I feel like it actually has happened to me while I was asleep. That, like, someone just came in and started, like, mouth-fucking me. Would you like that? No. If it was oh. someone that I liked, yes. But I'm thinking of the people that live in this house, no. Ew. And that would be... I would bite it if that happened. If of course you, you would. Yeah, uh, for sure. I this, I'd just be like, yang, 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 and then just bite yang, it. Yang. Yeah, exactly. I'd, yeah. Gross. Anyway, so... Gross, bro. Next segment. This is the main thing that we wanted to talk about, and we're probably going to go into a long tangent yeah, on this one. Yeah, it's going to be a really long video. Um, Podcast, I mean. We made... We made a... We recently made a new video uh, called Alimony Sanchez. Uh, and so it's now... Very, it's a very cryptic video. Yeah. If, if. Now we've created this character and well let's start with the character was created one day when rj and i were hanging out yeah the origins of alimony sanchez yeah we were hanging out and we wanted well i specifically wanted a pizza from pizza hut and rj had just gotten off of work from pizza hut yeah and i hated and and he's like a, a manager so he and i and i had called off that day so because I just gotten back from vacation, yeah, we so he and we were secretly order, hanging out and secretly ordering a pizza, but we didn't want them to know that it was us, even though it was a different yeah, pizza. Yeah, it was a hut. different pizza, but like they might have like they might have been able to see it. Yeah, yeah. So we were getting ready to create a new name, and I was, you know, it was just the first thing that came to our minds. Alimony yeah, was the alimony. first name, and then it was just Sanchez. Yeah, I think I might have put just Sanchez. Yeah. Or- I think it was he a. Ju- I think it was alimony me Sanchez you because I think you wanted to do like Jorge or something like that. I don't. I don't. Remember. I don't remember. But needless to say, alimony Sanchez was born that day, and we had two delicious pizzas because of it, and breadsticks. Yeah, and like when we were doing that, like the whole time we we're just like alimony your pizza at the door. Yeah, like we, we were like yelling. Like, yeah, we were creating. And we, then when the guy was at the door, you like hid because you were like nervous right. about like. You were scared of him. I was like, I was like, here you go, alimony, and like I handed it off to you, and you're like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I was like, like, thank you, sir. Like, thank you, sir. Signed it, gave it back, ate the pizza. So, we thought I don't know why, but the last time we were hanging out, we decided that I knew I knew I wanted to film a video because we hadn't really posted anything. We've been working on so many projects, but we haven't like really posted anything on the channel. So I wanted to record and actually post a good interesting like stupid video and i think we did that with alimony sanchez we great video yeah it's it's one of my favorite videos of probably the last year that we've posted yeah and it's actually is i didn't think about this because remember we were gonna do where are they now we still are in the process of working on where are they now i think we're pretty close to being done because we've reworked it so i think yeah if you think about the way that we reworked it it instead of being one 30 minute video it's going to be like four 15 minute videos yeah um so we reworked it you know because of casting issues and uh 
friendship issues that have ended and stuff like that, so it was just easier for us to rework it. But anyway, because we've been working on so many things, that was originally going to be our, you and I, the first thing that we posted on the channel since we started being friends again. Oh, but now it's Alimony Sanchez because it Mote it doesn't count because it's you know it's literally we sit and record it and post it. With Alimony, we actually put a lot of thought into it, edited, had a horrible time rendering and uploading it. Oh yeah, it was awful. It took two days. Yeah, but now it's up, and I think instead of just going straight into like what the video is about, I feel like we should give all the background information that we've kind of worked up. Yeah, that's a good. And then then describe like how that yeah, fits into we, the video say, alimony sanchez is like st- his character is being worked like, yeah it isn't like final right now like so we're just kind of deciding this is, yeah this is more of our brainstorming session of what alimony sanchez who he is yeah. what got him to where the video is and why yeah, why he it did, ended, why yeah. he did what he did in the yeah. video so if you haven't watched alimony sanchez you should probably do that now and it's only like three minutes, so it's really pause the yeah. It's only three and a half minutes, so pause that, pause this, go watch that, and then come back before you listen to this podcast, Nicholas. I know you've already seen it, but just so yeah, just watch it again. Yeah, just watch it again, again real quick to refresh your memory. We'll wait. I'm not waiting. I know that would be that would be so <laughs> stupid. Um, so Alimony Sanchez, um. Is a blues artist, yeah, he, a Mexican blues artist. Yeah, you can you can hear one of his songs in the video. Yeah, it's actually an original song that we wrote. Yeah, it was well. I mean, it was improvised. It took but, fifteen minutes yeah. to write that song. But it's a good song, though. Yeah, it's a it's good like song. surprisingly a good song, and the first original song we've ever posted on Austin's Like Zero Zero. I think it's the first original song we've ever made. Well, yeah, that too. But I mean, like just in general, we've had covers of songs on our, on the channel before. I think most. Uh, we have Avogadro, Avogadro. Oh yeah, we did. Oh, we like did we've that. we've covered, or I guess that was more of a parody. parody like, but then there, I did a cover of Wicked Little Town on the channel, and then you know I've I had oh, the yeah. one bugging beep beep beep. My musical is on our channel, like oh. so. You know we have performed songs on it, but this is and that video is the first time that we've actually like recorded, r- like written, recorded, and posted and used an original song. So I was pretty proud of that, actually. You were proud of that? Like, <laughs> yeah. That was, like, song was... Oh, like, it's so bad. Yeah, like, it was an awful song, yeah. but, like... But it's, like, just in general, like, this is neat that we did this. Yeah, it was... It's pretty cool. So, Alimony Sanchez is a blues artist. Uh, I don't know... I guess we should... He's from Guadalajara. Oh, is he? Yeah, I think so. I don't know where that is. I think it's a state in Mexico. Might be a city. Guadalajara. Yeah, Guadalajara. That's a place. Yeah, okay. Let's see. Load Siri. Where is Guadalajara? Okay, here's Guadalajara, Mexico. It's a city in Mexico. It's a city in Mexico. So he's from Guadalajara, Mexico. And he... <laughs> I think he just kind of hates him. Like, he, he came to the country because, you know, why everybody comes to America. Like, the American dream. Yeah, he wanted to become you know. rich and prosper. Exactly. And he is... I think the type of person to who he expected it to be handed to him. He expected these like fortunes to be handed to him. Yeah, but he knew he had a, he knew he had talent. Right. Know, with his guitar playing, you know, he yeah. played in a mariachi band back in Guadalajara. Right. But he had one record. 
Like one blues record that just he really clung to. You know what I'm saying? And that's what made him go to the U.S. Oh, and so I see he what thought you know he he's like I want to be a blues artist like B.B. Like, King, yeah. And he thought like he would go like you know play a few shows and people would be like yeah this guy's awesome yeah exactly. He thought it would just be easy. Yeah, he didn't realize like how much work people like B.B. King and like Louis Armstrong and people like that. I guess Louis Armstrong isn't blues, but people like B.B. King actually put in a lot of work to get to where they were as yeah. you know as popular and famous as he was. And I think Alimony thought he would just come like you said play a few shows and people would be like holy shit and then he would just you know win 13 grammys and be a multi-platinum selling artist and it just wasn't the case yeah, that's just not how it happened uh and that's and i think that's when he discovered the actual uh monetary system of alimony yeah i mean i, I at this point his name wasn't alimony yeah, I don't know. We it's a nickname. We yeah, don't. we don't know what it. I don't think we want to know what his yeah, original name was. Nobody knows. Um, he left that a mystery. Exactly. We don't even know, and we created him. Yeah, we, <laughs> could, we could easily make something up, but we're not. Uh, so Alimony discovered that if he married women, and then divorced them, he could sue them for alimony, which is like spousal support that you pay your divorced. Yeah, because this whole time, like he's not working, and the like, yeah. women's work because he's just trying to like get. You know, get shows so he can. Right. He he has never like taken any part time job at all. Yeah. And he's marrying these random women that are like seeing his shows and like you know they're like oh yeah you were good and he's like you want to get married and of course they're and yeah they're like absolutely yeah. like yeah. yeah and they don't realize that he doesn't love them he's literally only interested in divorcing <laughs> them for the alimony and that's I think that's when he started writing his first. American album they call me alimony. Yeah, in the in the in the process of you know divorcing women. Yeah. By the time he got by the time he divorced seven women, he was making like easily like 4 or 5,000 dollars a month off yeah, of them, easily. I would say. Um which sucks for these women because they, you know, they probably weren't very rich and they're pretty much paying out their entire paycheck to Alimony Sanchez. And that's the price of that's the Mary price of Mary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they didn't, he, he, he did not want them to sign a prenup. Yeah, oh, for sure not. He mentions that in the song. Yeah. No prenup. Yeah, it was during that time that he started writing his first album, They Call Me Alimony. And he was, you know, over the time he was performing some of these songs at these these random venues that he was getting. And somewhere along the line, he, ma- he saved up enough money to rent out the studio. Like, it was a shitty... You know, probably like Weird Al. You remember like, like Weird Al's first album. He, I don't know why I know this, but he recorded. I think it was like an E True Hollywood story on Weird Al. He recorded his first album in his bathtub, and like shower. Really? Yeah, because That's of weird. like the acoustics. That's weird. Yeah. So it'd be like if we did that, and just we just took this mic and went into the bathroom and recorded an album. That's really weird. Yeah. So I feel like it was something like that that he did. He went to like some hole in the wall like shitty studio. Yeah. And recorded his first album, They Call Me Alimony. And I have a track listing. Yeah. Uh, we do. We number one, listing. Alimony Sanchez, which is... Title track. Yeah, yeah, the title track and featured in the video, Alimony Sanchez. Uh, number two, Tax Evasion. <laughs> because Alimony does not want to pay taxes on his alimony. 
So his entire alimony, like, paychecks are all under the table. I don't know how he successfully sued for alimony and then got it paid in cash. Maybe he has, like, he's, like, working with the mafia, like... Yeah. That could be. I get, we'll never know. This isn't, like, a legal alimony. Yeah. This is just, This like, is, like, blackmail. He's, like, blackmailing He threatens women for yeah. spousal support. Yeah. And, uh, number three it was Tortilla Shell of Despair. Because it's a blues album, so he was sad as fuck. Yeah, he was sad as fuck, but, like, also he liked tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, number four was the Al Capone story. And that's another... I was wondering about why the Al Capone... (laughs) Because Al Capone... Well, you know who Al Capone was. uh, Notorious mobster. And the reason that they actually... They finally... They could never connect him to any of the crimes that he was committing, even though they knew it was him. And the only thing that they connected him to was tax evasion. And that's what they finally got him for. And, And, like, he went to jail for the rest of his life for tax evasion. Wow. And died in prison. Yeah, I yeah. knew that, but like, right. I, I see how that connects to Alimony. So Alimony wrote this, and he's like scared. He, you know, he's like sad. He's like, I'm gonna be the next Al Capone, At, which is kind of conceited to think of yourself as the next Al Capone, I guess. But yeah, because he know. thought he was like, I didn't know he thought he was a criminal. I get. Well, I think he knew. Oh, he knew. Yeah, I think he knew he was like doing illegal shit. He, he wrote an su- album about it. Yeah, like, he, he, that's how much he didn't give a shit. Right. Like, what a badass. Number five was simply titled Life. I, mean, I feel like I mean, that's one that would, like, make you think. Yeah. But also, like, a ten-minute improvised blues song. Scatting. I think there was probably a lot of scatting. There might have been, like, scabity bop 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 life. Right. That might have happened. Number six was Illegal Alien. <laughs> uh, because, you know, he... F- I feel like, especially now, like, today... Of course, this was in the 70s, but today, I feel like we really have a stigma against illegal immigration for some reason. Like, I don't even fucking care... Like, I feel like we should just have an open border, but that's beside the point. Yeah. You know, people, th- you know, even, especially, like, in the 70s and today, people were like, you fucking elite, let me see your green card, bitch. So I feel like he knew that was a thing, and he was sad about it, because he just wanted to come here for the American dream, and even though he was doing nothing to do it legally, you know, he, people were looking down on him as an illegal alien. So that song's about him. Yeah. His- being an illegal alien, you know, he's still a person. Exactly. But to everybody else, he's just an illegal alien. Just an illegal... That doesn't work. I know. Uh, And then the final track, it was only seven tracks, was Home Isn't Home Anymore. Because he was sad that Guadalajara, Mexico was not his home anymore. Uh, Yeah, it isn't. Because he lives in America now, and he's making a home and a name for himself in America. And... Guadalajara just isn't home anymore. Yeah. He misses Guadalajara. And so he records this album and, you know, is going, you know, just, he, he's, you know, doing his own, you know, his own, uh, publishing of it, his own releasing and promotion of it, um, when he finally, like, gets a hold of, like, a record producer. Mm-hmm. And someone listens to it and they're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't half bad. Yeah. So the, so then they re-record it. I don't know who thought it wasn't half bad because well, it objectively was objectively awful. Yeah, well, it, you got well. Obviously, like the song that we recorded is horrible. Yes. Yeah, but like, we'll just pretend. But in like, the in the world of this story, great album, great album, great blues album. Yeah, because you know sometimes it's not about the the actual performance, like whether he can sing or not. Especially, I feel like in blues, 
It's more of the the, yeah, like the, the emotion, emotion yeah. and like the lyrics. Yeah, like what he's feeling. Right. You could feel. You could feel his hate, his his hurt. From Guadalajara, you know, alimony, being an right. alien. You know, life was tough for him. So, this big record company produces it, and it's an overnight sensation. Like, millions of copies sold. It's actually one of the greatest albums, of, like, sold. Like, one of the highest selling albums of all time. Like Here Comes the Sun. Well, that's Wait, not. Is that an album? It, no. And it's also... I don't know... The don't number know the one selling album is Thriller by Michael Jackson. It of is? all time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Of all time, that is the best selling album. Why? Number two is Back in Black by ACDC. No? Yeah. Ew. It is. That's and then weird. The Dark Side of the Moon. Really? Yeah, by Pink Floyd is number three. And then number four, surprisingly, They Call Me Alimony by Alimony Sanchez. Oh, that's number four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. um, and surprisingly, especially to Alimony... Well, not, I don't think it's... I was going to say surprisingly to Alimony, but I don't think it was a surprise to Alimony because once this, once this record started selling so well and critics were praising it and you know he was rolling in the in in the in the royalties and the and the ticket sales and all that stuff he was nominated for a grammy for best blues album mm-hmm. uh in 1975 and he actually won the grammy one of the best moments of his life yeah for sure he won the grammy the 1975 grammy for the best blues album uh and you know gave like a 30 second speech you know, typical stuff. But a lot of people were curious to see, like, oh, like this is great. Like, yeah, he, you know, he's, he, he's so successful. Like, I'm going to go see him on tour, but I can't wait for his next album. Like, yeah. what's he going to do next? What's he going to do next? But after that, he went on tour uh, and apparently uh, visited 60 countries around 60. the world. Yeah, 60. And, there's, oh. and you got to think at this time, there were probably only like 200, if you think about it. Because there are like 260 now. In 2015. I think there were 60 new countries within 40 years. Maybe. I don't know how don't, countries work. I don't work. think so. I don't know how it works. And he played 300 shows in 150 cities. So he did two shows in each city. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah, like, that's super successful. probably not a thing. Yeah, super successful. But people, you know, people are like, yeah, this is a great tour. Like, one of the most successful tours of all time, too. Especially, ran- which is so random for a blues artist. I feel like blues artists don't tour. Like, do a nat... Like, because I'm talking, like... Not just a local, like, like, dive bar. Like, I'm talking about, like, stadiums full of people coming to see Alimony Sanchez. The blues made a resurgence yeah. in the 70s. Which is, like, not what happened yeah. at all. Like, yeah, because, like, rock and roll took over. Yeah, exactly. Know? But people wanted something different, and they were listening to Alimony Sanchez. Because, like Donald Trump, he sp- he says exactly <laughs> what he means. Yeah, he, like, straight up, like... Tax evasion. Right. He wrote a song <laughs> called Tax Evasion. <laughs> like, as if that... Like, you would think immediately that would look at... That would, like, raise some red flags. Like, because you know people heard that song. Like, like, you know... But government officials exactly. liked the song. Exactly. They were there watching a show. Like, it's Jimmy Carter's favorite album. And he was president at the time. Like, yeah, he, he could have done he, something. He just didn't care. He's just like, hey, what the fuck? Like, you know, it's like... Was he president in 1975? Let's find out. Who was the president in 1975? Hmm, let me think. Ford? The answer is Gerald Ford. Oh, okay. Fuck you, Gerald Ford. So Gerald Ford... Ger- Gerald Ger- Ford. Ford... Okay, but then Kurt. Jimmy Carter followed him up. But Je- they they didn't do anything about it. Yeah, they didn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, 
So it's kind of like Obama. Like Obama could like crack down on Colorado for smoking weed, but they just didn't. Yeah, he doesn't care. Exactly, because he's a stoner. Oh, for sure. Where's his birth certificate? First of all, have we seen the real birth certificate? We've mentioned Barack Obama's (laughs) birth certificate in every. (laughs) I'm serious. Where is the birth certificate? I've never. Have we seen it? I know he is an illegal Muslim foreign-born president, and I know. That he is going to... He, he's he's bringing Sharia law to the, Connecticut. He is the Antichrist. Oh, without a doubt. Also, <laughs> Joe Biden is a horrible piece of shit, too. Have you, you seen those people it. who, like, ship Barack Obama and Joe Biden? That's hot. Yep, there's, a, there's, like, a tumbler, there's, like, a side of Tumblr that thinks they're dating. Like, thinks they, they fuck. That would be adorable. I'd yeah, be into that. because, like, there's so many pictures where like, they're, like, hugging each other and, like, like they're about to kiss. Because they do love each other. Yeah, they love each other. They want to suck each other off. Like, it's a... What a great ticket that was. Yeah. Obama-Biden. Like, what a great ticket in general. How yeah. did we get so off topic? Yeah, we're not... Okay, Alimony. Anyway, so in 1977, uh, Alimony released his follow-up. He was on tour for two years. Well, really, just a year. And then he spent a year writing his album. Uh, the album was called Thanks for the Grammy. He was so excited about that Grammy. Right. He speaks his mind. And he was thankful. You know, he... You know, he 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 wanted this to be the the follow up, and he wanted to show the Grammy voters that he was thankful and like give me more Grammys, essentially. Uh, so the title track number one, thanks for the Grammy, of course. Number two is lower lumbar pain, <laughs> because I think that would make you sad. You know, you got to think he was on tour for a year. Like, of course he's gonna have lower lumbar pain. Of course, yeah, yeah he's of course. A chiropractor. Uh, number three is called Rest in Peace, Mi Madre. Because while he was on tour, his mother died. Oh, that's kind of yeah. sad. But it was it was really sad because she was in Guadalajara and had no idea like the success that her son had become. And I think even Aww. if she did, I even if it's she like had exper- if she even had experienced it, I don't think she would have understood it. Because I don't think because she wouldn't. I don't think she wanted him to be. You're saying she was like old and confused. Or yeah. Like, no, I just think she was, she was just more like yeah. You know, she wanted a, something more traditional, even though he's like a multi-platinum millionaire now with a Grammy. Yeah. And uh, thrones of adoring or th- what throngs of adoring fans. You know, people people love Alimony Sanchez, and so he wrote a very a song. You know, just a very sad song about his dead mom. That's sad. And then immediately followed it up with track four, Aborted Fetus Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because, uh, you know, Alimony was constantly marrying, divorcing, marrying, divorcing, but he was also cheating on these wives because he didn't love them with groupies. And <laughs> they would come back and, you know, they would tell him, like, you know, I'm on birth control. And then they would, tr- they would get pregnant. And he, to think that they would then marry him or that he would take care of like to, to blackmail him almost and so Either they know he's only out there for alimony right they heard the song and then but instead he would just stab him in the stomach and kill the baby if they didn't want to get an abortion what? <laughs> yeah jesus <laughs> yeah he would give them back alley abortions like i i heard once he like roofied a girl like bill cosby right straight up bill mean me like in the same in the same yeah in the same time period as bill cosby's raping women on the set of the cosby show alimony sanchez is drugging pregnant baby mamas pe- pregnant groupies yeah and then giving them coat hanger abortions and then they Jesus. wake yeah and then like he you know and then he wakes they wake up and there's just a fucking fetus on like a fucking like sack of cells on their chest or something fuck? i know he's fucked up but he wrote a song about it because apparently he was very haunted by the you know by yeah, doing I can, this I can, I can like tell. wouldn't you be 
Yeah? I, yeah, for sure. I mean, I would do it. I don't know why you'd say that. I'm just kidding. Uh, number five is The Bitch Won't Leave. <laughs> that sounds like a blues song. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> well, it is. I know, but it like, yeah. sounds like something like somebody else already wrote. I know. Uh, the Bitch Won't Leave. I, because... <laughs> I think because I think that was referring to his ninth wife, which was uh, she would not accept the divorce. Like she would not sign the, <laughs> the papers. She was like, you know, you married me. Like I left my husband, you know, or whatever it was, you know, whatever sacrifices she had made for alimony in this relationship, she wouldn't accept the divorce. She yeah. would not leave. And sp- and why would she? Because she's got millions of dollars like at her disposal with her husband i wouldn't oh. leave either you know yeah, why would you want to uh number six is a sad song about wife number eight <laughs> it's called wife number eight uh because because you know <laughs> the bitch won't leave number nine wife nine won't leave so he's he's reminiscing and sad about wife number eight yeah cause she because left. She, yeah because she left as soon as he asked uh number seven spousal support because wife number nine yeah. when she left wanted spousal support of course and he didn't sign a prenup he didn't have him sign a prenup he never signed a prenup no of course no and so she ended up making some pretty good money because she sued him and now he has a national profile so people know this so he he, you know he had to support her he had to pay her he he settled it out of court but the the rumors are that it's like 1.3 million dollars that he settled this this case for so she got 1.3 million dollars so i'd be pretty fucking sad too yeah fucking spousal support uh, number eight is Burrito of Sorrow. <laughs> that reminds me, is it like the sister, like cousin of Tortilla Shell of Despair? Yeah, yeah it's actually, uh, I've, uh, if you listen to them end to end, they tell a complete story. Oh. I don't know about what, because I've never heard them. But, but Tortilla Shell of Despair from They Call Me Alimony is directly followed. Like, if you play them back to back, it just tells a complete story. That's neat. Yeah, I think it is cool. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, number nine was tear down the border in my heart <laughs> because I think he was starting to get sad. Like he was like, you of know, course he was he's playing the blues every day. Yeah. But I think now he was, I think now he was more sad about like his love life and he doesn't have a family really. His mom's dead. Like he's got nine ex-wives now. Like, you know, I think he was kind of like, Oh, like who do I come home to at night? Like yeah, tear down, nobody. tear down the border in my heart because he's like rich, but like yeah, nobody. And, and that makes it even worse too because then are they are they are they with you because they like you or are they with you because you have millions of dollars and you're Alimony Sanchez? You know? Yeah, who knows? And then number ten was Alimony Sanchez, the same song from the first album. Yeah, exactly the same song from the first album. He knew it was a hit, so might as well throw it on the new album because you know some people might not have heard it. Except it was probably the number one played yeah, song on the, the radio. Number one song for eighty-two consecutive weeks. So, uh, at, critics and fans like adored this album. Like they, some people think it's even better than the than the first one. Really? Yeah, I don't. I think they're crazy. First one, my favorite. For sure. You know, it's like Jagged Little Pill, and then the follow-up to Jagged Little Pill, terrible. Don't even know the name of it. But you don't want to. Don't even want to know the name of it, yeah, but I I, I would think that Thanks for the Grammy is a pretty good album though too if you think about it. Just the stories behind it are pretty good. Yeah, that's neat. So, Thanks for the Grammy sold considerably well and it actually went double platinum, which I don't know how many that is, but that's a thing that people Two say. Million. Yeah, uh, but platinum it also it also earned. You say platinum means million? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. 
It also earned three Grammy nominations. Did it win? And this is the first... We'll find out, won't we? Oh. Uh, it was nominated for Best Blues Song for... Its best Blues Song for Tear Down the Walls in My Heart, or The Border in My Heart. And then it was nominated for Best Blues Album, but it was also nominated in the Best New Album category, like with other genres. Oh. So that was the first time in the history of the Grammys that they actually took a Best Blues Album and put it with and put it in the best new album category too. Oh. Now it actually did lose the best new album. I like literally to Carol King for Tapestry, which I have a vinyl of and I'm looking at. Um <laughs> Is that what we're looking at? Well, that's not what we're looking at, but that's Stevie Nicks. You're thinking about looking at. Yeah, it's like 3, it's like 3 back in there. But I do believe Carol King actually won that year for uh Tapestry, but he actually lost best blues album and best blues uh, song to an up and comer, oh, to a new guy, and this yeah he, he that is his rival, uh, and it's funny because critics and like everybody just thought Alimony was gonna win all three, and he didn't win any because of this new guy domestic abuse Romano. <laughs> uh, domestic, <laughs> you know Alimony was pissed. As you would be, I think, yeah, you know, course. to have such a successful album and be nominated for a Grammy, three Grammys, make it like a history making, like double nomination. And, Carol and, King he, and you, and, and domestic yeah. abuse Romano. <laughs> right. Like, I think he, I feel like he would have been okay if he lost to Carol King for best new album, but losing best blues album, like when he, yeah, like he's like, the king of he blues. is the king of blues at this point. Like, yeah. He's who he inspired, you know, BB King. You know, he didn't. So he came after. Me. I know. Uh, so immediately within a month, uh, he released his next album. Went home. He like went home after the Grammys that night and wrote his next album, which is three songs. And the album is titled "Fuck the Grammys and Fuck You Too." <laughs> the first track is "Fuck the Grammys," which I think is pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, the second is "Fuck You Too." And the third song is Alimony Sanchez. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has to just throw that on every album. Right. Because he knows that's his masterpiece. Yeah. Um, are these songs like 20 minutes? Or are they just like, really, is it a really short album? I Well, I think it I think it has to meet a certain length requirement, like for the Grammys. Oh, it's like an LP? Yeah. So I think it is an LP. So they must be, you know, I would say it's probably like, I would say it's probably Fuck the Grammys and Fuck You Too on, on side A. And then side B is Alimony Sanchez. Just Alimony Sanchez. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's probably like a 12 inch. It's probably like a 7 inch if you think about it. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but critics really loved this album, surprisingly. Like, you would think that they would be, they would be like, no, like, fuck me, like, fuck you, alimony. But, like, the album, like, a lot of people think that it's even better than the first two. Because right. you could feel, like, in his lyrics, like, how pissed he was and, like, how hurt he was. Like, he was fucking pissed. And he hates. And domestic he, abuse Romano. Oh, for sure. And surprisingly to everyone, including Alimony, Fuck the Grammys and Fuck You Too earned two Grammy nominations in 1978. <laughs> Which is surprising because yeah, it literally calls out the Grammys to say fuck you. Yeah. Like, it's literally saying, like, I don't give two shits about the Grammys. Like, I still wrote a great album. Fuck you, Grammys. Uh, it was nominated for Best New Album. Not Best Blues. Best New Album. Great honor. Again. And uh, best blues song for Fuck the Grammys. Uh, 
critics were sure Alimony would win Best Album, uh, but that did not happen. He lost both nominations again. To Domestic Abuse Romano. Uh, yes. Domestic Abuse Romano won a record-shattering 10 Grammys that night. Jeez. With his latest release, Pagliazzi Violencia. What does that mean? Police violence. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we found out later, like in history, we found out later that the Grammy nominator, like the, the people who make the Grammy nominations, uh, gave those nominations to Alimony, like, as a joke. Oh. Like, fuck you, Grammys. Like, how about fuck you, Alimony? And they, because they knew, like... He how, loved Grammys. Right. Like, and, he lo- and he just... And how much he respected them. Yeah. So they did it as, like, a big old fuck you, and it worked. Because Alimony slipped into a deep depression. Like, uh, you know, which you would think is, good, like, good material for your next album. Yeah, right. <laughs> but... At the same time, he separated from his 12th wife. Which is good. You know, he's used to that. Yeah, he's getting alimony. Left at, and right. Right. But it was at that time that the U.S. government started looking into his alimony abuse. Because he was literally abusing these women for alimony. Yeah. And uh, they took him to court, and they capped his monthly earnings from alimony at $25 per wife, up to $300 a month. To stop him from... Because that's 12. That's 12 wives paying yeah. $25. So that essentially stopped him from doing it anymore. Like, he could not marry another wife and get alimony from her. Yeah. So it was it was done. So he was fucking depressed now because there goes his new... His next set of income. I mean, yes, he, is, he has had three phenomenally successful albums in terms of sales and and stuff like that. Uh, but he, you know, he was so upset that he began like drinking himself into oblivion and, you know, he pretty much took the 4.3, his estimated earnings in 1978 were $4.3 million and he pretty much drank it and shot it up his arm or snorted it up his nose. $4.3 million. Jesus, that was money. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, he's dropping off the face of the planet, like, People don't even remember him anymore at this point. Like, I mean, they do, but they're more like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's probably just working on his next album. But they, they had no idea because at the same time, as this was happening, Domestic Abuse Romano dominated the blues in the Grammy scene, uh, winning actually 87 Grammys between 1977 and 1988. So for 11 years, he was sweeping every Grammys category. Yeah, he got eight. Grammys yeah. every year. Eight Grammys a year at least. Some might have been, you know, some years might might have been less, some years might have been more, but at least eight Grammys a year. Yeah, that's weird. That That's like unheard might of. Might not even be possible. Yeah. It, I can't... Well, you gotta think... And, uh, for Michael Jackson, he won seven Grammys in one night. So it is possible. Wow. Yeah. For Thriller? For Thriller, yeah. Yeah. It's um, weird. Now, while while we lost track of Alimony, like, because he just dropped off the face of the planet, like, he was poor, you know, he was a drunk, he was a drug addict, but it was actually probably a good thing for Alimony, because he met Aretha DeMarco, uh, (laughs) and for the first time, he actually fell in love with her. Like, he did not, he fell in love with the person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it couldn't be about Alimony. Yeah, because he could only get $25, and it capped off at 300 Right. He couldn't even didn't even matter he was actually in love with her 
and they were married in 1981, and they moved to the suburbs of L.A. and talked about raising a family, which Alimony never, like, never even pretended to want a family. Yeah. Um, and it was a few solid years of blissful happiness. Like, they were, you know, living the American dream, essentially. You know, it was just the two of them and their dog, you know, fucking living in the suburbs, like, having a great time, making friends, going to bed at, like, ten, you know. They were having a great yeah, life. Living normal. Until 1985. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oprah Winfrey. Yes. Oprah Winfrey, at the, the, the 1985, I believe, was her first year. And, you know, no one really knew, like, obviously what she was, you know, like, Oprah's, like, one of the, is the richest woman in the world right now. Well, she is, in, really? in show business, I think. There are probably, more, like, richer CEOs or something, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. And... So no one, obviously no one knew, because at that time it was just like a, a talk show out of Chicago. Yeah. Like, no one really knew what it was going to be. Um, but they, Oprah wanted to do a show on famous 70s Grammy winners and see how they were, you know, adapting to the 80s and what they were going to bring to the 80s and the 90s, like, moving forward. Yeah. Like, what, you know, what they were doing. And one of the Grammy artists that she wanted to have on the show was Alimony. He immediately said no because he was done with that life. Like that was behind him. You he know. didn't care. He won a Grammy, but now he was happy with with his life. So he's you know he said like I'll do a you know a video interview or you know like I'll do a phone interview or something just to say like I'm happy like I'm living a great life like I you know I don't need to sing the blues anymore like I'm ha- I have a great life a great wife yeah. and we're gonna start a family. Um, but Aretha knew that. Alimony could use this opportunity to show her off, because uh, she, you know, she was an up and coming gangster rapper. She yeah, was she, she was creating gangster rap, and she wanted like she wanted him to show off like how great their life was, and like introduce the world to her. Like, you know, I'm a Grammy winner. Here's my future Grammy winning wife. Yeah. So you know, with a little convincing, Alimony actually agreed and went on the Oprah Winfrey show, and she uh, sat in between. Uh, domestic abuse Romano, <laughs> who's now like you know has like a fucking room of Grammys. Yeah, and an up and coming country singer Alan Strait. Random. Yeah. Now, as Oprah was going down the line and asking everybody like, what they, you know, what they were going to bring to the '80s and '90s, everybody was just kind of saying the same thing, like the exact genre that they were known for. You know, domestic abuse Romano, why would he leave the blues scene when he's dominating the blues scene? Like, so he was gonna, he's like, I'm gonna release more blues albums. Alan Strait's releasing more country albums, you know. Def Leppard's more rock albums, you know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. just releasing the exact same thing that they've been doing. And, uh, you know, that's when Alimony, like, had an epiphany of sorts. He, you know, he kind of said, like, holy shit, like, you know, everybody's doing the same thing. Like, I could jump genres to a dip, like an unclaimed territory and make a new name for myself in a new category, win more Grammys and maybe like be back on top again. So when she got to Alimony, he said that in the eighties or nineties, he was going to release a heavy metal album. Shocked everybody. Right. He was immediately, like, the talk of the town again. Like, everybody wanted to know when this album was going to come out. What's, what, you know, what's the next thing from Alimony Sanchez? Like, 
a blues artist jumping to heavy metal. Blues artist married to a gangster rapper jumping to heavy metal. Right. Unheard of, obviously. Um, so he returns to L.A. and he starts, you know, writing and recording his heavy metal debut. Aretha was, you know, originally supportive. She, You know, because why wouldn't she be? Like, your yeah. husband's getting back into writing. But when he released the album, uh, it was called I Hate My Life in 1988 he you know he was he was like you know Aretha like this is just because this is what he thought heavy metal albums were like yeah you know more more emo than heavy metal is what he thought it was and you know she so she was like okay like but the track listing says otherwise yeah she knew let's hear hear the track uh it's five songs number one is I hate my life which okay you know whatever Number two is, my wife is a cunt. <laughs> okay, like, immediately, if I were Aretha, I'd be like, okay, like, what you could, fuck? like, okay, like, maybe you're just trying to fit into to heavy metal, but that's still kind of rude. Yeah. Uh, number three is, I cut myself with Bic razors, <laughs> because Bic. they, yeah, they sponsored him. Oh, they, it spo- yeah, it was a sponsorship from Bic razors, yeah. <laughs> um, but then number four is... Aretha is an ugly name. <laughs> so, he pretty, he literally not... He just caught her out. Yeah, like, he called her a cunt, but then, you know, okay, that could have been just to fit in with heavy metal, yeah, but, then he, but then he... But then Aretha <laughs> is an ugly name. That's obviously about his wife. Yeah. Like, you, there's no, no explanation for that. Yeah. No one else is named Aretha. And then number five is Alimony Sanchez. <laughs> the metal cover. Metal version. Um, Whatever part. You know, he released the album, and not only did his wife hate it, the entire country, the entire world hated it. Yeah. I mean... Awful. Absolutely, like, harsh criticism and horrible sales. Uh, A lot of lists still today rank it as the worst album of the 20th century. Like, you know, Time releases, like, every few years, like, the, the 500, like, greatest albums of all time. They also occasionally do the worst albums of all time, and, and you know, nine times out of ten, it's... I Hate My Life by Alimony Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, he was a laughing stock. You know, they. I feel like they knew it was not genuine, which was something he was known for. They knew this was not Alimony yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, like, this wasn't like, he, he just wanted to He literally just... popular. Yeah, he, he, he made... Re- regain his fame. Right, he made the switch to get to be famous again and to, and, to, and to make Grammys, or to get Grammys, and it, you know, horrible was not even nominated, like, not even close to nominated, like, um, uh, at the same time, Aretha announces she's pregnant to the world, but also to her husband. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is something they've been planning for a long time, so he should be happy. Uh, and he is, you know, he's pretty happy at first. I mean, he's, he's obviously depressed because his latest album is absolutely terrible and it kind of ruins his entire legacy. Of course. Because uh, this is what everybody is going to remember now. Like, not that he won a Grammy, not that he was a super successful blues artist, but that he re- he released the worst album of the 20th century. Yeah. Uh, so, at about three months, they go in for an ultrasound and realize that the baby has mental retardation. And Aretha is like, you know, I'll love him more if he's retarded. Like Alexis Stefani said that. Yeah, she told us that. Yeah, she's like, I would love a baby more if it was retarded. Like, so, so, like, she's secretly wishing that she was going to have a mentally challenged baby. Alimony did not agree. 
alimony immediately wanted to get wanted her to have an abortion and we know his history with abortions so he, he could have just done he, it he himself big fan of abortions but he respected her enough to not force her to get an abortion but in his mind it was not he didn't want to rape i don't think it was like a oh i don't want I don't want to bring a baby into this world with mental problems. It was literally a selfish, like, I don't want to take care of a baby with mental problems. Yeah. Um, so, as soon as he brings up the idea of abortion, Aretha's pissed and leaves. She's the one who files for divorce. Oh. She's the one who gets alimony from alimony. Alimony has to start paying alimony to Aretha. And a hefty sum, because she has a... Uh, baby with special needs. Yeah, and he's not even making money because he's just getting $300 a month from his previous 12 wives. Yeah. No money from this new record. He probably lost money from that. Oh, for sure. Uh, huge commercial failure. So, he, you know, he you know, he had to sell his house in the suburbs. He's, like, living in a shitty house in, like, you know, downtown L.A. or, you know, not even near L.A. Like, yeah, he, like- He's 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 has a I, like I almost feel bad for him, but at the same time, like he made these decisions to get to where he was. Um, True. At the same time, Aretha becomes the top-selling rapper. Her album, she writes an, a, a gangster rap album about alimony and like her life with alimony, uh, and just I mean, people. It was it was kind of like Jagged Little Pill, how like you could, you know, people connected with her, her anger. Yeah, and her strange. lyrics. Yeah. And, you know, she just went soup, like, more successful than Alimony, even. And all that success went straight to her head, and she didn't have time to care for her child anymore. So she has her, you know, assistant dump the mentally challenged baby, which they never named, on his doorstep. They never named the baby. Yeah, they just didn't care because they're both horrible people. Oh, okay. And he, um, he could have just like not brought it in, brought it into the house. But I feel like he kind of had like some paternal instinct, and took care of it, kind of. I mean, he was still spending all of his money on alcohol and drugs and paying alimony uh, to his wife yeah. or his ex-wife, but you know. What little money he had left, he was, you know, using, uh, you know, neglecting his son. Turn like his son, he set he like chains him in the basement, yeah, uh, and you know just throws food down to him, and you know doesn't like take the time to like you know take care of him or anything. Which I, you know, he wanted an abortion in the first place, but at the same time, like his paternal instinct should have, you know, he should have taken care of the kid, uh, and. In 2014, the Grammy Association rescinds Alimony Sanchez's 1975 Grammy. They took it back. What? Yeah. Does that happen? Yeah. Well, I I think it was probably the first. Oh. Um, they, he obviously got to keep the statue because they weren't going to come and like be like, give it back. But like, it but, means nothing. Yeah, it means nothing. They, they didn't. They actually reawarded the 1975 Grammy for Best Blues Album to B.B. King posthumously because he's dead. Right? Mm. Is B.B. King dead? I think he died. Yeah. They, I think, you know, so that he died, so B.B. King died and they were like, okay, you know, Alimony Sanchez is a horrible person. You know, no one knows about his mentally challenged 
yeah, chained up son of the basement. They they sucked. just know he was. They just know he's a horrible person. They you know he's always on the news as a drunk. You know they know he's like just like snorting coke. Him. Yeah, exactly. So they took away his Grammy. So in the history books, Alimony Sanchez did not win a Grammy. BB King did, which is sad to think. That is really sad. That's why nobody's heard of Alimony Sanchez. Exactly, and that's where our video finds Alimony Sanchez. He has a handicapped son chained in the basement that he hates, that he can't even look at because it reminds him of Aretha. Yeah, all he hears is like his voice. He just hears screaming all day throughout the house. Yeah. You know, it wakes him up in the morning. You know, it it he tries it, to drink his problems away. He drink yeah, you know, and he lives in this this you know fantasy that he's still in the seventies that he's still prevalent. You know he. Only listens to They Call Me Alimony, his his first album, the one that won the Grammy. Yeah. You know, he he only listens to that. Uh, he doesn't watch TV. He just wakes up. He you know he's hungover or still drunk usually because he he doesn't stop drinking, and he listens to the album, throws food down to his son, you know, tries to take a nap, tries to clean, you know, whatever, and is constantly woken up by screaming. He does not get a moment of rest. So, you know, I don't blame him. By at, by the end of the video, he throws the pizza box down to his son, and he's questioning life. You know, he's like, how the fuck did I end up here in this in this house with this this monster Lord, yeah. in the basement? Mon- you know? Monster is basically what it was. Yeah, with, you know, without my ex-wife, without my alimony, without my... Grammy, without my music career, without my fame, you know, what the fuck is, like, how did I get here? So, I can understand why he chose to kill himself at the end of the video. Yeah. I can understand it. Yeah, his life sucked. His life was miserable. And Where where did uh, domestic abuse Romano end up? Like, still successful? Something we'll have to find out. Oh, wow. Interesting. We'll have to do more. We'll have to do more uh, research on domestic abuse, Romano. Research. Uh, uh, we actually have. Do we? Do we just say it about Aretha? Yeah, we have. We have stuff planned for Aretha. Yeah, we have a follow up uh, for Aretha DeMarco to yeah, see we'll, maybe we're gonna you know do some stuff on her life, see where she is now. Yeah. See what see what Aretha is up to, and maybe if we find the right person. We might do some domestic abuse Romano. Who knows? Who knows where this life is going to take yeah, us? Nobody knows. But that was a great conversation. <laughs> like that I, was good. That was really good, I think. Nicholas, if you're still watching, text me and say, this whole time I haven't been listening because I'm a horrible, horrible, horrible person. <laughs> okay, that got serious. Um, But I think that, that does it for this episode. Uh, my birthday's tomorrow. Midlife crisis, record players, and enjoy the episode. And we'll we'll be, we'll be back next week with more uh, motif takeover. Artie needs needs to take over. Thank you, Zach. I uh, I want you to know that I actually listened to uh, Alimony Sanchez in the seventies and uh, very much liked this album. Uh, actually, my favorite album is the one called "I Hate My Life." It's uh Heavy what? metal, I loved it. What? What you want, Dar J? I very much <laughs> loved it.
Artie's the one person that likes. It was a good album. I love this song. Uh, I cut myself with Bic Razor. <laughs> when I shave, I accidentally cut myself with Bic Razor every day. You would think I would switch to Gillette, but I stay with Bic. <laughs> they very cheap. Uh, you guys do not pay me enough to have a good amount of money, so I cannot afford Gillette. I have to. I have to shave with Bic. Uh, I actually have to shave with Lady Bic, but we don't talk about that. Tune in. Thank you for listening to Motif. Tune in next week for more rid- podcast. Thank you. My name is Artie. Death to every fucking Republican.